Welcome to the With You Always podcast brought to you by Sushipe, the online community and formation platform for disciples. Here we invite followers of Jesus Christ to share reflections and wisdom from the journey. Our hope is to instill a recognition that God is indeed with us always. Today, Thomas Escrow, a husband, father, and parish ministry worker from Aberdeen, South Dakota, shares what God is doing in his life. Hello, friends. I hope and pray you had a blessed Christmas and, and very happy New Year. It's funny how there's a saying that if you really want to learn something, you got to teach it. And today I had this experience um, while I was teaching I was meeting individually with a, a second grader at our parish and uh, her fourth grade sister and her grandma, the second graders preparing to receive her first reconciliation. And grandma just needed a little help um, leading uh, her grandchild through our preparation material. So I'm meeting with them and we're talking through uh, the sacrament of reconciliation and um, just out of the blue, it wasn't in the book or anything, but we we're talking about how, uh, sin makes us distant from God, cuts off our relationship or weakens our relationship and mortal and venial sin and things like that. And how um, God gives us the sacrament to reconcile us back to him. What does it mean to reconcile? What is penance? What is contrition? All these different things, all these catechetical things that are important. But um, in the midst of all of it, or maybe at the end of all of it, I asked them, why would God do this? Why would God want this? And and the second grader, to my surprise, um, said, well, because God wants to reconcile to us. And that she even used that word for a second grader, which was kind of impressive. But um, he wants to be in relationship with us. The fourth grader chimed in. And I said, yeah, why? That's, that's absolutely correct. But why would God want that? Why does God, who doesn't need us, doesn't need anything, is perfect and infinite and powerful and everything in and of himself, why does he want us who are mere creatures to be reconciled to him? And it just dawned on both of their faces and they both said it at the same time. They said, because he loves us, he loves us so much. And um, it was just this moment for me where it, like the point I was trying to make to them hit me just as hard as it hit them. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, God loves us. God is love. And he loves us so much that no matter how many times we walk away from him, no matter how many times we fall away and disobey his commandments and make stupid mistakes like I always do, he's always offering us his mercy and his reconciliation because he loves us. Such a central point to our faith and something that's so profoundly simple and yet so complex and deep and mysterious that we can spend the rest of our lives reflecting upon it. And this Christmas season, we've heard a lot in the church um, in the daily mass readings um, from St. John, from the first letter of St. John. So I just want to read, this is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be the expiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So this is the love of God that he sent his son to reconcile us back to the father through the perfect sacrifice on the cross. But even beyond the sacrifice of Christ and above his glorious resurrection, God again sent the Holy Spirit, the father and the son send the Holy Spirit so that we might love like he loved, that we might have a perfect example of what it means to lay down our lives and the help of his own divine life in grace through the Holy Spirit so that we might emulate and be one and united to God in this great love. I often fall into the trap of thinking that God changes, that because of my sins or my weaknesses, that God somehow is disappointed in me. Uh, This has been a constant struggle in my life since coming deeper into my faith, probably 15 years ago or so. Um, But just continually trying to, to lean into the fact that God doesn't change. God is what we call immutable. Immutable is an attribute of the divine life, meaning he's not like us. He's not like us. He doesn't change He's constantly in pure actuality in philosophical terms, meaning God is constantly loving or perhaps better said, he is love itself. He's constantly willing my good. Uh, It's been really snowy up here in Aberdeen and I was playing with my kids over the Christmas break outside and, um, and we play and we build snowmen and we throw snowballs and we go sliding in our backyard down a little man-made hill sort of thing. And it was a ton of fun. And we come inside and there's a big – I got a wood fireplace in my house, which I just love because of the crackling and the sound and the smell and all that stuff. And there's sort of a metal grate around it. And we take off our hats and our mittens and our scarves and whatnot and it's all like sopping wet, right? And you put the hat and the mitten on the bar grate next to the fire. And the fire has an action upon the hats and mittens, right? The fire doesn't change. It's roaring. It's giving off heat. It's constant. And the hat and the mitten, by remaining close to the fire, by being there, they change. They dry out. They become fresh and warm and good, right? Now the analogy falls short. Um, in several ways, I built the fire, I made the fire roar. But if you think about God is the divine furnace that never changes. Just because the sock is wet doesn't make the fire burn any less. But when the soaking sock gets placed next to the fire, the action of the fire changes us. This is the love of God. This is the sacraments This is prayer. This is everything the church has to offer is to put us into communion with the God who first loved us. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your divine love. Thank you for teaching us how to love. 
Thank you for sending your son to die for us, to teach us how to love. Help us, Lord, to have a new capacity for you. Send your Holy Spirit upon us that we might be transformed by your divine love, the furnace of your divine life. That you would transform us deeper and deeper into the image of your son, that we might love like he loved and lay down our lives for those around us. We offer you, Father, all these prayers in the name of Jesus, your son. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi everyone, my name is Eric Gallagher, the founder of Sushipe, the online community and formation platform for disciples. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to encourage you to check out our online community at sushipe.co. That's S-U-S-C-I-P-E dot C-O. At sushipe.co, we're constantly offering free book studies, self-guided mini retreats, opportunities for family fun, prayer, and more. If you're interested in engaging with a community of individuals who are desiring to grow deeper in their spiritual lives, check out sushipe.co and get involved today.